0: Amen. Praise the Lord. Shall we bow our heads in prayer? Father and our God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your awesome presence in this gathering today. Thank you, Father, for what you have designated to do in this gathering, in our lives, in the lives of everyone that are the sound of my voice. We are so thankful that you are such a good Father. We give you the praise for the understanding mind, for the revelation, for the wisdom, for the willing mind to respond in obedience to your word. Bless in thy name, of Father God. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. hallelujah. Today is evangelism and follow-up Sunday. Our topic today is it's time. It's time. It's time for us as a church, as a body of believers to flow in the supernatural. It's time for us. The Lord is not waiting on us. The Lord is waiting on us. We are not waiting on him. He's made his power available. But he's waiting for his church, for his people to respond. So that the power that he has deposited in us will flow out to bless the world around us. It's time for us to rise up as believers to usurp this dynamo power of God deposited in us for the benefit of the kingdom. Our text is uh, 2 Corinthians 1.21. The Bible says there, now it is God who establishes and confirms us in joint fellowship with you in Christ. If you are in Christ, he's talking to you. And who has anointed us, empowered us with the gifts of the Spirit, empowering us with the gifts of the Spirit. You see, when you look at yourself, you know, you are described in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7 as a common clay jars that carry the glorious power of God. You know, clay is like it's nothing. You look at yourself, you think you are nothing, but you are a carrier of this dynamo power of God. You are carrying this glorious treasure the inside of you and the reason God made it such is so that this immeasurable power will be seen as God's not yours so that you don't have to get a, you know bloated up in your pride it is the power of God but he gave it to you for a purpose talking about Jesus the Bible referred to him in Colossians 2 verse 3 he said in him All the treasures of divine wisdom, comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God. And all the riches of spiritual knowledge and enlightenment that are stored up and lie hidden. They are stored up and lie hidden, waiting for anyone that would tap it, that it's there. And you get the revelation of the power in you by fellowshipping with the word of God. Because Jesus is now your life as he is, so are you. First John 4 17. That's what the Bible says there. Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. He's the power of God unto salvation. The Bible said to those that are called, both whether Jew or Greek or whoever you are, Christ remains the power of God and the wisdom of God. And he was made manifest to destroy the works of Satan. While he was here on earth, he went about doing good, doing all these things. And he has handed the batting over to you and I. No wonder Paul said in in Philippians 3, he said, that I might know him. He was consumed with this great passion to know this Jesus. And he said, and uh, the remarkable wonders of his person, that I may get acquainted with him, understanding the remarkable wonders of his passion more completely, And in that same way, experience the power of his resurrection, which overflows and is active in believers, which overflows and is active in believers. If you're a believer, that power outflows and is active in you, but it might be there lying dormant. So God is waking us up so that that power that is lying dormant will begin to be activated, through us as children of God. And Paul said, and that I may share the fellowship of his sufferings by being continually conformed inwardly into his likeness, even to his death, dying as he did, even though you are alive. But this house that carries you, mind, will, and emotion, need to die so that the life of Christ might flow out through you. It will bring sufferings because the flesh is going to complain. The flesh is going to agitate, especially when a little thing steps on your toes. Then you want to remember that you are dead to all those things so that the life of Christ might flow out through you. So Paul's one, what consumed him most is, he said, I was determined to be consumed with one topic, Jesus the crucified Messiah in 1 Corinthians 2, 2 to 5. He said, I stood before you feeling inadequate, filled with reverence for God and trembling under the sense of the importance of my words like I feel this morning. He said, the message I preached and how I preached it was not an attempt to sway you with persuasive arguments but to prove to you the almighty the almighty power of God's Holy Spirit, which is at work in Paul, at work in you, child of God, at work in you, believer, wherever you are and you're hearing me. That power is at work in you. And he said in verse 5, for God intended that your faith not be established on man's wisdom, but by trusting in his almighty power that is at work in you. Amen? That should be our all our what consumes us too. That should be our portion, our 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 our, our priority. priority you know, prior, you know, prioritize your life with knowing this Savior, this Jesus, this power that is at work in you. We have this qualification of sharing what Jesus Christ has. Romans eight verse seventeen says, "And since we are His true children." If you're a true child of God, say praise the Lord. Because you're born again, so you are a true son of the soil, like the Yorubas would say. You are a child of the kingdom. He said, we qualify to share all his treasures, for indeed, we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has whatever he is, whatever he has, his power, his anointing, his nature, his character, his conduct, his glory. We inherit that. He said we will experience being co-glorified with him, provided that we accept his sufferings as our own. It means you choose to live by your new man. You don't want to live in the flesh, because when he was here, he lived by the Spirit. We don't have to be too fleshy, too touchy. We have to live in the spirit. We are carriers of God, carriers of the fullness of God. Everything that made God God is in you if you're born again. Colossians 2.10 said, And you are in him, made full, and having come to fullness of life in Christ, you too are filled with the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, And reach full spiritual maturity. In your spirit, you are spiritually mature to handle whatever comes your way. You are full because it is not you, not in your own strength, but it is God who is all the while at work, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. That's why the Bible says we can do all things through Christ who infuses the inner strength. We must get dissatisfied with just a little of God's power operating in our lives get dissatisfied get dissatisfied don't be contented with the little of him that you know or with the little of him that is showing forth through your life the bible said i and the children whom you have given me we are for signs and wonders so it is time for us to allow the holy spirit the freedom to flow through us as children of god to talk lives around us to touch the hurting world with this message of the gospel which we have been commissioned with. The message that brings salvation, that brings deliverance to the hurting world has been handed over to us as children of God. The Bible said in Romans 8 verse 9 that the whole world lieth in darkness. The Bible said they are earnestly waiting for the manifestation, for the revealing, the disclosing of the sons of God. Waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. Jesus said to his followers, If you don't believe me for anything else, believe me for the very works that you see me doing. Believe me for the works that we I do. We have to get used to ourselves. The real laws. That's what we were reminded, I think, three Sundays ago. And last Sunday, my beloved brother preached also all awesome Sunday and said, follow your GPS, your God's positioning system, the Holy Spirit is in you to guide you, to lead you in all of these things. Let God's glorious light and power in you shine forth to the benefits of the kingdom. The Bible said the kingdom of God is not only in works, but it's also, it's not only in words. It's not just talk, talk, but also living out the power of God, living out this dynamo power of God in us. The Bible said the kingdom of God suffers violence in Matthew eleven twelve, 12. And it says in the lower part of it, it says, And violent men seize it by force as a precious price. A share in the heavenly kingdom is sought with most ardent zeal and intense exertion. A share in the heavenly kingdom is sought with most ardent zeal and intense exertion. Exertion, that's you have to apply force. You have to apply great influence on your flesh to submit to what the word said about you said in that you know paul said in romans 8:18 8, he said i am convinced that any suffering we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of glory that is about to be unveiled within us any suffering in the flesh it's nothing to be compared, so that you'll be able to shun this flesh and live for God's glory. Live by your new man. Put to use every grace that God has made available to you. He told us in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1, he said, Laboring together as God's fellow workers, with him then we beg of you not to receive the grace of God in vain. That merciful kindness by which God exerts his holy influence on souls and turns them to Christ, keeping and strengthening them, do not receive it to no purpose. There's so much grace of God upon every child of God. You are not left empty-handed, but we have to put it to use. Let it not be in vain. We are living in the midst of a generation that does does not know the power of God, the move of the Spirit of God. That God is waiting on you and I to operate these powers of God through you and I to the benefit of the kingdom. So that this world that are hurting will receive healing, will receive salvation, will receive deliverance. He gave us authority over all the works of the enemy. And he said, nothing shall by any means hurt us. And he told us in Mark chapter 16, you know, he said, uh, from verse 15, he said, And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And he didn't just say go. Verse 16 says, These signs will accompany those who have believed. If you have believed, these are the signs that accompany you. You might not be experiencing it yet. You need to activate it. You need to, first of all, know that these signs are there to be activated through you. He said, In my name, in the name of Jesus, they will cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents, and if they drink anything they it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will get well. This is the promise of the Father, and the one who promises is not a man that he should lie. Say, these signs are, are your things to accompany you. It's a matter of you laying hands on the sick and believe that it is Jesus who is your life that is laying hands upon who, that whoever it is that is sick. You can start from there. When anyone is sick, can I pray for you? Can I lay hands on the person and rebuke whatever it is? Leave off the the confirmation. It's up to God now to confirm his word, but he's faithful because his word will never return unto him void. We have to be passionate about the things our Savior is passionate about. Because we have his mind. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ, so we know his thoughts and purposes. Amen? So Jesus was always moved with compassion. So we too should be moved with compassion. The Bible said that he went about teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news, the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. His words and his works reflecting his messiahship. His words and his works. Our words and our works should reflect the fact that we have his nature in us. That's what the Bible said in uh, Matthew 9:35 about Jesus, "The love of Christ will compel us to live for the one who has died for us, to recognize the power that it has worked in us and allow that power to flow through us, to touch lives about, around us. We have been commissioned to go into all the world and preach this good news as Christ's representatives, according to John 2021. 20, so 2 Corinthians chapter five, verse 18 says... So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. We have been made right you know, you know, to God through Jesus Christ, That we have now been sent as ambassadors. What is the meaning of ambassador? A minister of the highest rank, employed by one prince or state at the court of another. The Prince of Peace has commissioned us, has sent us as ambassadors. He said, to manage the public concerns of his own prince or state, to manage kingdom business here on Earth, and representing the power and dignity of his sovereign, and representing the power and the dignity of his sovereign, the power and the dignity, the power and the dignity, the power and the dignity of his sovereign. That's what we are here commissioned to do. So, ambassador is ordinary when they reside permanently at a foreign court, like we are believers here. Then he say extraordinary when they are sent on a special location. We've been sent on a special location. We've been commissioned. To preach this good news, the gospel of grace to the hurting world. He called us in 1 Peter 2 verse 9. He said, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. His own special people. You are God's special people if you are born again. Amen? Why? He said that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. When you are living for him. When you lay hands on the sick, they recover. When you rebuke whatever is ailing anyone and that person is is delivered and say, praise the Lord, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are kings and priests to our God to reign here on earth, according to Revelation 5 verse 10. But you can't be reigning when you're on your back. You can't be rainy when you're in the hospital. I'm not, uh, I, you know, I'm not uh, you know, cajoling those who are sick. But what I'm saying is that you have to rise up and shake off that thing because you have enough power to do so. You have to get angry, get mad. Whatever the Father has not set on the table for you, don't take it. And do not allow the medical science because, uh, because uh, you have this privilege of uh, having a uh, free insurance or whatever to make you get complacent about be getting angry when the enemy is heaping on you what the father did not said on the table. You have to stand your ground. Rise up like a child of God. Take your ground and take, shake off whatever it is. You've got the power in the name of Jesus. The Bible said that greater works than these we will do. He promised us greater work in John chapter 14 verse 12. He said, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also and greater works than these. Why? Because he was going to the Father. And where is he today? Uh, Sitting at the right hand of the Father. The Bible said of Jesus, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were praised by the devil. Because God was with him. That's Acts 10, 38. God anointed him. We too have been anointed. We read that as our theme text in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. Now it is God who establishes and confirms us in joint fellowship with you in Christ. And who has anointed us. Empowering us with the gifts of the Spirit. you have been anointed too. And he said, for God was with him. God is also with you. The Bible said in Hebrews 13:5 that he will never leave you nor forsake you. He said, 1 John 4, for greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And 1 John 5:4 said, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. The victory that has overcome the world, even your faith in Jesus, the Son of God. Whatsoever is born of God. Whatsoever. If you are ever born of God, if you are a child of God, the Bible declared you overcomer. You overcome the world, means whatever challenge, you overcome it. It's a matter of time. That too shall come to pass. Victory remains for you, because the Bible said he walks in you 24-7, causing you to triumph in Christ Jesus. When Jesus was here on earth, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. That's exactly what you and I are supposed to be doing today. We have the privilege of also having the Spirit of God upon us. He told us in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit is come upon you. He said, and you shall be witnesses unto me. So if you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you have the power of the Holy Spirit upon you too. But don't let that power lie dormant. The Bible said of Jesus in John 3.34, he said all the gifts of the Spirit are fully in operation on him because God did not give him anything in a limited measure. That every of the gifts that is in Christ is in all of us collectively as a church. He said, John 3, 34, the one whom God has sent to represent him will speak the words of God because God has poured out upon him the fullness of the Holy Spirit without limitation. So regarding us as a church, let's look at 1 Corinthians 12, 27 to 31. He said, you are the body of the anointed one. Are you part of that body? We are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. And each of you is a unique and vital part of it. God has placed in the child the following: first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then those with gifts of miracles, gifts of divine healing, gifts of revelation, knowledge of, gifts, of, uh, gifts of revelation, knowledge, gifts of leadership, and gifts of different kinds of tongues. Not everyone is an apostle or a prophet or a teacher, not everyone performs miracles or. Ha- Has gifts of healing or speaking in tongues or interpretation, interpret tongues. But you should all constantly do what? Constantly do what? Boil over with the passion in seeking the higher gifts. You should all, is it only for the pastors? For every member of the church. You see, we have. Apostles, teachers, prophets, uh, that those that have gifts of healing, gifts of word of knowledge, gifts of walking of miracles here in our midst and in the body of Christ. But we have to all ball over in desiring these gifts. But he said, especially the gifts that are profitable at any time, at, at any time tea. And he said, but especially that we will you know, do these things in unselfish love. Because love is the greatest. So as a church, we are to desire that these gifts be made manifest amongst us. And that's why God is bringing us to this. For us to hear this and get provoked to to stop being comfortable as where you are. I remember when we were at 170, my beloved husband brought these teachings to our knowledge. We might have to revisit that again so that we get conversant with who we are and the power deposited in us. We are to live it all. To the Holy Spirit to choose whomever he will manifest whatever it is. He will not use everyone the same way but everyone will be used in any unique way that he chooses. We must stay open to God and let his will be done even in the area of these uh, spiritual gifts. Each gift is the best when manifested at the time it is needed. For instance I mean if if one is sick and then he has prayed and it's not happening we will Convert gifts of healing. You don't need gifts of word of wisdom at that time. You need gifts of healing so that the person will be freed. So receiving by revelation is so very important through the word of God for every child of God. A child of God can receive healing for himself just by hearing the word of faith and standing your ground as the Bible said in that Mark 11 verse 24. And you know, when, even when you receive by gifts of healing, you need, you need understanding of the Word of God so that you'll be able to hold on to the, 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 the healing that you have received or whatever you have received from the Lord. So, revelation by the Word of God is the key. It's very, very important. But somewhere along the line, we could have unbelievers in our midst who have some problems, these gifts will benefit them maximally. I remember before, you know, before we gave our lives to Christ, when you know, my husband encouraged me, for, for me to follow him to the place where we gave our lives to Christ, I was a little bit reluctant, but I said, okay, let me escort you. And when we got there, it was the word of knowledge that came through the man of God that described what I was doing in the house, that opened my eyes and said, oh my goodness, God is here. So we need these gifts to help people to know that God is in our midst. And it encourages us in so many other ways that I, if I get the chance, I'll be able to highlight them. And more especially today, we know in part. We don't know everything. We don't know as we are known. Finally, we'll all get to be known when Jesus comes face to face. But right now, we need these gifts to help us, especially when we, you know, we, we, this, this, things bewildering is happening and then you don't know how to get about it then these gifts come so very handy. Excuse me. So we are encouraged not to be ignorant of uh, these uh, spiritual gifts. In uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, Paul says there, Now, about the spiritual gifts, the special endowments given by the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. I don't want you to be ignorant, according to New King James Version. So we do not want to come behind in these spiritual gifts as a church and as a body of believers. People are seeking to hear God. People have all manner of issues. And that's why these uh, false prophets are thriving here and there because they will begin to tell you uh, this is what God said and this is what God said. And a lot of times a lot of them are fake. They are not real and they deceive people. And you find people crowding over there because we the born-again Christians that have the real deal Are not coveting what the Father has put in place to help his body. So we must have to wake up from today and begin to desire these things and know that it is for us. We don't need these gifts in heaven because in heaven we'll be known as we we are known, we'll be seen as as we are being, as as we see. So it is here and now that we need these gifts. So these gifts of the Spirit is a, a display of the personal powerful presence of the Holy Spirit and are given to every believer as the Spirit wills is, a, the, the, is the display of the personal, powerful presence of the Holy Spirit, and is given to every believer as the Spirit wills, and is usually for the common good of the church. And He, the Holy Spirit, will usually manifest whatever is needed, depending on the circumstance at hand, and He distributes this freely and readily in the moment of need. So note that spirit gifts are not badges of honor or signs of spiritual maturity. That you're manifesting it does not mean that you have arrived. You have uh, have matured, no. Even though the spirit in you is mature, but you need to have that spirit rule and reign over your mind, will, and emotion. This is still the work of the Holy Spirit. Remember the Corinthian church? They were all so carnal, yet they were manifesting a lot of these gifts. It is not end, as the word implies, gifts. What do you do to get a gift? You just simply receive it, but you take this by faith. And our attitude concerning the gifts is to be willing to be available, good hearted friends of Jesus who practice his presence, cultivate his presence, be a student of the Bible, be compassionate with those who are in need, those who are hurting, and have a total. Trust in God, that He will move in His power to use you to be a blessing to those ones. It's important that our motive should be right in desiring these gifts of the Spirit. The Bible said in, a, in a 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 12, he said, even so, you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel, not to edify yours, not to not to be known to uh, to be seen as important as having arrived. We know that the gifts of the, the fruit of the spirit is for character, but the gifts of the spirit is for power to help to bring succor, salvation, deliverance, and help to people and to the church. So we are to convert these gifts spatially and be willing to, you know, to express it, to allow the Spirit to express it through us in love. The Bible said in 1 Corinthians twelve thirty one, we read it earlier on, and yet I will show you a still more excellent way, one that is better by far and the highest of them all, is love, to do all these things based on love. Then the of, love of Christ motivates us. Amen? If you really desire something, you are going to go out of your way to do what it takes to get that thing that you desire. If you really desire these spiritual gifts, you will go out of your way to do what it calls to be, make yourself available for these gifts to manifest through you. If you're born again, you are a candidate for these gifts. The next thing is that you have to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. If you have not received baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, that is the beginning of the beginning. You are not going to be as sensitive, sensitive to the Holy Spirit's prompting if you're not praying in the Holy Spirit or praying in the Holy Spirit a lot. We follow what we are most full of. The Holy Spirit comes to fill us up. That's why it comes upon you. So praying in tongues a lot develops our sensitivity to the leading of the Spirit in our lives. This is because it is your spirit praying. Your flesh profits nothing. And that is, it is in your spirit that the Holy Spirit indwells. Because he that is joined to Christ is one spirit with him. So when you pray in the spirit a lot, you're much more sensitive to the promptings of the Holy Spirit because that is where he dwells. He dwells in your spirit. The one that speaks in tongues speaks to God. He said in 1 Corinthians 14:2, For one who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men but to God. You're speaking mysteries to God. He said, for no one understands or catches his meaning, because in the Holy Spirit, he utters secret truths and hidden things, not obvious to the understanding. Amen? So, God is ever present with you, child of God, but he wants you to also be present with him. That is, we, the Holy Spirit is constantly with us, but we have to tune in and tune on to be sensitive, to, to be people that listen, that hear from here. And not hearing from our head. We practice his presence. Spend time on the word of God. Meditating on the word of God. The Bible said that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you keep planting the word of faith as you are in the church. As you are fellowshipping on your own at home. Second Corinthians chapter 11 verse 14 and 15 said that it is so important that you be sound in the word of God. Because we have deceivers. The Bible said in verse 14... That doesn't surprise us, for even Satan transforms himself to appear as an angel of light. So it is no wonder his servants also go about pretending to be ministers of righteousness. So that's why you must be sound in the word of God. So when even someone ministers to you whatever gift of the spirit, you too should judge it and make sure that this is is true or it is not true. So let your daily desire be to be a blessing to the body of Christ, a blessing to people around you. Make, make the habit of praying, Father, make me a blessing today as I step out today. Even in your family, everywhere, you as you're coming to church, Father, make me a blessing. And then depend upon the Holy Spirit to you now give you, you know, whatever it is he might want you to do. It, it also makes you more open and available to operate in the gifts of the Spirit as you pray in the Spirit of Lord. But make yourself available, pray in the Spirit a lot, and be a student of the, of the Bible. We also have to create an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit can operate. That's why I thank God for the believers' meeting. A lot is happening in that believers' meeting. A lot, a lot is happening. Praise the Lord. The Bible said in Psalm 78, verse 40, how many times they rebelled in their you know, desert days. How they grieved him with their grumblings, you know, grumbling, murmuring, and complaining, you know, quarrelsome attitude. It hinders the free, flow, the free flow of the Holy Spirit. We have to shut off these things, especially in our small, small meetings, so that we too will make room for the manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit in our gathering. He said in verse 41, again and again, they limited God, preventing him from blessing them. Continually, they turned back from him and provoked the Holy One of Israel. That will not be our portion anymore in Jesus' name. The Holy Spirit works best where he has the least resistance. Where he has the least res- So we must understand that there's a power in you that you know, quickens your mortal body and supplies life to every dead areas of your life, according to Romans 11, 8, verse 11. So you must, if that power is working in you, quickening your mortal body, also believe that when you lay hands on the sick, that power can flow through you to touch whoever it is. That's why we are encouraged in Romans 8 verse 13. It says, do not go on offering members of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but offer yourselves to God in a decisive act. In a decisive act. As those alive raised from the dead to a new life, and your members all of your abilities sanctified, set apart as instruments of righteousness yielded to God. Sin does your faith. So make members of your body as instruments of righteousness. When uh, uh, my beloved husband was taking us through in the women's uh, you know, conference, he was reminding us about watchman knee, that when we talk, it is Jesus talking. When we lay hands, it is Jesus laying hands. So we must make every part of us as instruments of righteousness for God's glory. So that when you lay hands on the sick, you can be confident that God will do what he said he would do. That Paul said in um, 2 Corinthians 4.11, he said that the life of Christ may be made manifest through our mortal flesh. That the life of Christ may be made manifest through our mortal flesh. We die. We are people that are delivered to death every day. Which means... Dead to this flesh. Because why? I just want to make room for God to manifest through me. I know it's a gift, but I have to prepare myself, make myself available. I pursue peace. Whatever it is, I tell them I have my spiritual garbage. I just drop whatever. Everything is not meant to settle here. So that I can always be ready for my Father by the power of His Spirit to flow through me. So we have these gifts, you know, you know highlighted in 1 Corinthians, uh, from 1 Corinthians twelve seven to 11. It says, each believer is given continuous revelation by the Holy Spirit to benefit, not just himself, but all. And then we begin to read all these gifts. Uh, you know, basically, we have them, um, <clears throat> we have them, about nine gifts of the Spirit that are highlighted there. But verse 7 shows us that each of the nine gifts are available to each member of the body of Christ. No one is left out. So, no one is left out. I repeat, no one is left out. But you have to make yourself available, pray in the Holy Spirit the Lord like we have highlighted. And then verse 11 says, Remember, it is the same Holy Spirit who distributes, activates, and operates these different gifts as he chooses for each believer. It means it is as the spirit wills. And remember I said earlier on that the best gift is usually the gift that we need at that, the moment that we need it. But these gifts are ways that God is expressing his love to people and giving people freedom so that they will know that he loves them. We have them categorized into three. We have gifts, revelation gifts, as a, they reveal something. We have power gifts, they do something. We have utterance or inspirational gifts, they say something. So for the revelation gifts, we have uh, the gift of word of wisdom. It is not gift of wisdom, gift of word of wisdom. That's the name, gift of word of wisdom. We have the gifts of word of knowledge. It is not gift of knowledge, but it is the gift of word of knowledge. We also have a uh, the gifts of the signing of spirits. It is not gift of discernment, but it is a gift of the signing of spirit. Then that is, a, these are revelation gifts. And then we have the power gifts, the ones that do something. We have the gift of faith. We have the gift of walking of miracles, the gifts of healing. We also have a, this, the third category, which is the utterance or inspirational gifts or vocal gifts. They say something. We have a gift of prophecy, we have a different or diverse kinds of tongues, and we have interpretation of tongues. So it is important that we know them for the way they are called. These gifts are listed in the order of importance, but like I said, the Holy Spirit will always give us what is needed at any point in time when it is needed. So, and it's good for us to also know that these gifts can operate together. Now, talking about the uh, revelation gifts, that's the gift of word of wisdom. This is the supernatural revelation by the Spirit of God concerning the divine purpose and plan in the mind of God to a man as He deems fit. It's usually for the future. It tells you something that is going to happen in the future, or how to resolve a difficult situations. So it is not, you know, usually is ranked as the first or the best. But however, the best gift remains what you need at the time you need it. And again, it's as the spirit wills. This is also different from the wisdom gained through the word of God as one meditates on the word of God. Remember, uh, the Bible said in Joshua 1 verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. From the mouth of God comes wisdom and knowledge. So God gives wisdom to anyone who asks him according to James chapter 1 verse 5. So like, you know, Solomon did. That's, this is different from it. This is a supernatural, you know, wisdom that is coming from God. And then uh, some manifestations of the wisdom, of the word of wisdom is conditional in the sense that when God gives you a revelation of what is going to happen, you have to respond in obedience. Remember Hezekiah's case when he was ill and Isaiah came and told him, the man turned to the wall and repented. And before the prophet of God could step further, God sent him back and he was restored 15 more years. When uh, God spoke to an uh, ally through Samuel, he said, it is the law. Let him do what he wants to do. And you know what happened at the end. When God gave us a revelation of me leaving Queen's College, I remember I said I wasn't going anywhere. They are to come to this U.S. But thank God for God's mercy. God began to deal with me. And uh, by the grace of God, I said, anywhere you want me to go. And here I am. And look at what the Lord is doing today. Praise the Lord. So as we learn to yield to God, his plans and purposes will be revealed to us through the word of God as the spirit wills. Because the Bible said in uh, Galatia chapter 3 verse 5, he said, uh, so then, does he who supplies you with his marvelous Holy Spirit and works miracles among you do it as a result of the works of the law? It's not based on what you did. He said, which you perform. He said, or because you believe confidently in the message who, which you heard with faith. It is because you believe confidently. I remember that when my husband woke up, even before I gained this paper to come to America, you know, sometimes we'll come to church, all of a sudden, the Spirit of God will come upon my husband, and he will say, go and tell this, uh, the senior pastor's wife to go to the altar and start thanking God, that what God is about to do through you uh, in, in your life. And I will just go to the altar, and I will be crying, and, uh, and I will just be thanking God. And it all unfolded by this uh, visa lottery, and then we come into this place. That was God's miraculous intervention in our affairs. Praise the Lord. So... The gifts of word of knowledge. This is the supernatural revelation of information by the Holy Spirit concerning certain facts in the mind of God pertaining to a person, a place, or a thing. And it's usually given for a specific purpose, usually having to do with immediate need relating to either the present or the past. It's never in the future. God is all-knowing, and he imparts us what we need to know to help us in a particular situation remember the case with Ananias and then uh, you know Paul how God revealed to him about the certain man that was praying in a certain place there was no way Ananias could have known what was transpiring in that particular house neither did he know that Paul Saul at the time was praying in that particular house and if God could use that layman by word of knowledge there's no none of us here that God cannot use the only thing is that we have to make ourselves available Remember the case of uh, Elijah and Gehazi? How God revealed the hypocrisy of uh, Gehazi through the word of knowledge. I remember the one man of God that uh, said how God showed him a a particular lady that uh, strong ministers of the gospel were encouraging him to marry. How God gave him a word of knowledge of that particular lady and he was able to back off. And it happened twice. Another person, again, recommended by the men of God. So children of God Especially those of us that are trusting God, either for business partner or for life career or for life partner. You have the wisdom of God stirred up in you through the word of God and also through these revelation gifts. So that a child of God is not supposed to be in confusion as to what to do. The word of knowledge will sometimes manifest through vision or dream, a message from an angel, the gift of prophecy... Through diverse kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues in a public setting, I will warn us again that we are not supposed to be, to be hungry to hear voices. There's a spirit that chooses the way to communicate. I remember there one time when we were at 170, God gave me a revelation of a sister. What, was, what transpired in the night, how she was laying her head on the husband and was crying. I was wondering what was going on. And I went to her and I said, my dear, God said it's well, all is well. And lo and behold, when we came to church on Sunday, there was this lady, she was crying, she was leaning on her husband's leg. And I just went, the Holy Spirit drew my attention to that. And I went to her and I called her, brought her to the altar. And I told her, this is what God showed me about you. And she said, that was exactly what happened in the night. And I said, God said, there's no problem. And she relaxed, she kept her cool and everything worked out fine. Praise the Lord. So gifts of word of knowledge you know gives us an understanding of god's love and care for us you know gives us peace like it happened to that lady and then through the gifts of word of knowledge we can we the church can be proof purified the distress uh, receives comfort the saints are gladdened and then uh, the lord jesus is magnified is glorified we have the gifts of the uh, sending of spirit This is a supernatural insight into the spirit world or realm where there are divine spirits as well as evil spirits. So here, it's limited to a single class of objects, which is the spirit world. And through these gifts, one is able to recognize what spirits are operating and exercising their influence in the lives of people. It especially helps us in choosing leadership and also helps us in knowing, especially when you're trying to get into... A business partnership with someone or something like that so it really helps us so uh there are so many things that seem miraculous but they could be works of the flesh you're able to discern these things it's you know the, the gifts of the signing of spirit is not a it's not suspicion and it's not mind reading nor is it the ability to discern the faults of others everybody has a fault thank god for we believers the word of god is helping us out and the holy spirit is helping us out to live for Christ and shun off all those faults. And then uh, <clears throat> the Lord will use this gift to help us to know the spirit and individual is also yielding to, so that that will protect us from making wrong commitments or putting someone in leadership. Okay, I think I've mentioned that before. Remember uh, the, the case with Simon? Peter rebuked him and said that you're trying to buy the gift of God with money. Uh, Note that without even having the discerning of spirit, if you are a student of the Bible, the Word of God will give you an insight when you're trying to make a mistake. We will have an inward witness. You know, if someone is operating in a wrong spirit, but you have to be sounded, you have to be a student of the Bible, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you will guide you, will warn you, will give you a red light. We always end the service by saying, asking uh, for the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit. And this is so important that we have to tune in to him because he's always there with us. God communicates with our spirit because that's where he dwells. He doesn't communicate to our head. The Bible said, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And that implies that every son or daughter of God is supposed to be led by the Spirit of God. He told us in a John chapter 1 John 2 20, he said, But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. And he said in 27, But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. He said, And you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and it's true, and it's not a lie. And just as it has taught you, you will abide. But it's, it's, the choice is yours then to abide. It is not a man that lives to direct his steps. That's what Jeremiah 10, 23 says. Our steps are supposed to be ordered by the Lord. We have the power gifts. That's a gift of faith. This is a unique form of faith that goes beyond natural faith and saving faith. It supernaturally trusts God in a difficult situation. No matter what the the situation is, all fears are temporarily erased. You just stand your ground, as was the case uh, with Daniel in the lion's den and uh, yeah, it's also different from saving faith like you have in ephesians 2 verse 8 where you believe god after hearing the word of god so gift of faith in gift of faith, you basically do nothing you just you know you just find a thing happening you know that is coming from god we have gifts of healing these are those healings that god performs supernaturally by the spirit through a believer Remember that our bodies are designed to heal itself, you know, but we have to also work in cooperation with the Word of God, not just doing your own thing and exposing yourself to all manner of dangers. But as you live your life lined up with the Word of God, your body is designed to, to heal itself. But this supernatural ability comes to speed up healing, you know, finds the healing process speed up because uh, of a supernatural involvement. And the plural suggests that all these are many sick, there are different kinds of sicknesses. And some ministries might be, find themselves operating more in a particular kind of a illness, you know, having victory in that area. Gifts of healing also could work in conjunction with word of wisdom, word of knowledge. Um, then we have the working of miracles. This is a supernatural intervention into the ordinary cause of uh, nature that results in miracles. That is... Something that is like somebody's ear was cut off, and a new ear just comes on. You know, like Jesus turned water into wine. We have a, the vocal gifts, uh, the gifts of prophecy. It is a supernatural utterance in a known language, inspired by the Spirit of God, and it is a sudden insight into the Spirit world, prompting exhortation, comfort, and edification. It, that simple gift of prophecy. The Bible said in First Corinthians fourteen three. But when someone prophesies, he speaks to encouragement, to encourage people, to build them up and to bring them comfort. The purpose of prophecy is to edify and encourage and exhort. But the Bible says we must judge all these prophecies. We have to judge them because uh, we know that the devil is mimicking the things of God. We also have uh, tongues, uh, gifts of tongues, which is uh, speaking in an unknown language to the passing. And then we have interpretation, which is someone that is given the ability to explain these tongues in a meaningful way, that it will convey the meaning that the Holy Spirit wants. So it is important that uh, when you, somebody prays in tongues and then uh, gives interpretation in a public setting, that is equal to also prophecy. And uh, it's important that we make sure that we judge the prophecy, make sure it rhymes with the word of God, make sure it agrees with your spirit and then make sure you can check out with the the people of God that are matured in your life to help you. Praise the Lord. We have to stop here. Let us pray. Let us pray. I want you to take time to study these things on your own and get ready, get ready, get ready, because God wants to manifest his glory through us. Father in heaven, in the name of Jesus, I am praying, asking that you, God of glory, will count Us, your children, worthy of this calling, and fulfill all the good pleasure of your goodness and the work of faith with power. May the name of our Lord Jesus Christ be magnified in us and us in Him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. May you, the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make us. Complete in every good work to do your will. Walking in us what is well-pleasing in your sight through Jesus Christ. To whom be glory forever and ever in Jesus' name. Amen.